Welcome to Ride Over Stride, episode 32. Welcome to Ride Every Stride with Van Hargis. This is a podcast about horsemanship and more. Our goal is to educate, motivate, inspire, and entertain you through an exploration of everything horsemanship and the intersection of horsemanship and humanship. My name is Laura McClellan, and I'm your co-host on Ride Every Stride, and I am happy to be back with Master Horseman Van Hargis. How you doing, Van? Laura, I'm just absolutely wonderful. You know, we've we've talked a lot in the past about the hot and the heat and all that kind of good stuff. Well, we finally had a pretty good little cold front come in South Texas, so we're all kicking our heels up and, and really enjoying the cooler weather and getting extremely excited about fall and all the stuff that it's going to bring us. So it's it's all good in the in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh, it- those of us who live in Texas are always happy when fall comes, and it comes very, very suddenly. <laughs> so. It surely does. You know, and I'm, I, I love the fall because I love the cooler weather. I love the sights and the sounds and everything that kind of goes along with fall. But at the same time, I'm also, now that fall's already kind of hit us, I'm already looking forward to spring because I love to see all the new stuff. You know, yeah. I mean, I love to see the changes that fall brings us. But man, I'm I really love seeing all the new stuff every year. So yeah, yeah. can't can't wait for that either. But we'll just be patient for that to happen. Now we're just we're just happy as heck that we're just out of the heat. Yeah, and that's the, the nice thing about it. At least up here in North Texas, it's blue skies and sunshine and gorgeous and cool enough still to have the windows open. So loving it. So what are we talking about today, Van? Well, Laura, you know. Everybody nowadays, whether it be on your phone or, you know, some of us have those things actually programmed into our cars, but everybody's fairly familiar with a GPS. Well, today we're going to talk about that voice on the GPS and not just about the voice itself, but when the voice comes out and comes about. Because if you think about what we do whenever we program a GPS, we already have kind of in mind where our destination is going to be. And sometimes it's not really very specific. For example, uh, you know, I do a lot of traveling and I go to different places uh, to, to speak or do whatever. And I'll oftentimes, I just know that I'm going to a particular city. I don't know exactly specifically where I'm going, but I'll program at least the city in there. And at least I know I'm going the right direction. And once I put it in there, I have faith that that's the city I want to go to. And I just simply set the phone down and I just take off at the first little place it tells me to go. And I kind of get started on the journey. Well, and you, let, and you let Siri tell you where to go. You betcha. I just let that little lady on there tell me where to go. And, and, and here's the crazy part. I know that that voice is there to help me. But, you know, sometimes too much of a good thing just drives you nuts. Like, for example, imagine going on this little road trip and you're just driving along. And for whatever reason, your guts are just rumbling and you're finally telling yourself, you know what? I've got to pull in here and get me a bite to eat. The minute you pull in that driveway and you're off the route from where you're wanting to go, that little annoying voice just goes nuts, doesn't it? I mean, if you think of it, it just starts telling you, you know. Make to, a U-turn. Yeah, get back on the route and all the, you know, you name it. I mean, but all those little instructions and they just don't shut up until after a while you just get so frustrated, you just turn the darn thing off. Well, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to be talking about in relative to your horse, sometimes, even if you don't know specifically where you're going, we still need to have at least a ballpark idea so you can actually start your journey and start going that direction. And then once you've kind of programmed it in, you've just got to let it alone and do its job. And, 
You know, if, if, if you think about it, a previous episode, we talked about dare your horse to be good. In other words, we're going to fix it up to be successful, drop the reins, and give it a chance to do its job. And then if it does its job, you just leave it alone. If it doesn't do its job, then you want to correct it and kind of put it back on path. Well, today we want to talk about that a little bit more, but maybe in a little bit more detail. And what I mean by that is, is that if you can refer back to an older episode still, we talked about my four primary questions. And just a really fast recap, those primary questions are this. Number one, what do you want? In other words, what do you want your horse to do? Number two is what you want fair. In other words, can your horse do it? Number three, can you communicate it in a way that your horse can understand it? And number four, how'd that work out for you? In other words, did you get what you wanted? And so let's go back to this very first one. What do you want? That's what we're going to program into our equine GPS today. We're going to kind of put in there what it is that we want. And we're going to start thinking about how to communicate that to our horse so that we can hopefully achieve our goal. And once we put it in there, we've just simply got to step back, if you will, and let the horse do the job that we, that we gave it a chance to do. But here's the tricky part. Sometimes people have a tendency to be maybe micromanagers that just don't quite have the patience just to let things be and to let the horse kind of take its path. Give it an opportunity to either do the right thing or to make a mistake. We want to micromanage all the time. How I can best describe that on the analogy that we're using is, again, have you ever plugged in your GPS and you're on a fairly long journey? And let's say one stretch of your road might be, say, 100 miles long or longer. Let's say, for example, if I'm going from South Texas to to see you up there in the Dallas area, Laura, and I say, all right, GPS, I want to go to Dallas, and I'm going to punch in your specific address. Well, anybody that's ever traveled from South Texas to North Texas knows that one of the primary uh, interstates to get there is Interstate 35. And you're going to drive on Interstate 35 for several hours before you get from South Texas to North Texas. Well, during that several hour trip to where you're on the exact same road and providing there's no detours because of construction or car wrecks, whatever the case may be, that little Siri voice on your GPS is quiet. But don't I just have to be faithful and, and trusting and believing to know that did I punch in the correct address? Why is that little lady being so darn quiet? Maybe I'm just on the right path. And see, that's the lesson we need to teach ourselves, that whenever we give our horse the instruction and the horse is doing the right job, just let it go and give it a chance to do its job. The longer that horse gets an opportunity to do its job and the longer he gets a chance to do it without any kind of interference from us, he's going to find that fairly rewarding and fairly promising for him to be able to continue his, his journey. But if we're always bugging him, he's going to be wondering all the time whether or not he's doing the right thing. So what we have to do is we have to put him on the journey and just let him be. And then we have to, and the horse has to, just have trust and have faith that if we're not voicing our new directions, then everything must be okay. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, yeah. Can you can you maybe give us a like a specific example? So we're starting with your question of what do I want? As you were talking, I was trying to think of something I might want that then you could apply this to. And you know, I want my horse to. I'm, I'm going on a trail ride. 
I want sure. I want to be able to go on a trail ride with my horse, and I want to go down this trail that goes you know through the trees or whatever. So I've answered that question. I want to go on this trail ride down this particular trail with my horse. How how does what you're talking about here with the whole GPS thing? How does that work? Well, let's say for example, to use your very specific analogy about you're just going to ride around the trees as you're approaching a tree. Are you going to go on the left side or right side? Are you going to run right into the damn thing? You see, see, so I, not we, the last one. I'm pretty sure not, I don't. Not the, like not the last one. So, in other words, we we want to be able to decide. Okay, we're going to go to the left side of this tree for whatever reason. It might be just maybe I'm favored to the left or whatever the case may be. But let's say we're going to pick a side and we're going to go to the left. And now that we've made our mind up to go to the left, we want to continue that journey toward the left. So as long as we set the horse up to go to the left of the tree and he continues that journey toward the left of the tree, we just let him alone. We don't have to bug him. But if we worry all the time, well, is he going to go Is he going to go to the right instead of the left? And we go to start overriding him and overtraining him. Before long, what ends up happening is the horse will become way too dependent on us. In other words, every stride that he takes, he's going to go, is this the right place? Is this the right stride? Is this the right stride? In other words, now we're really beginning to doubt whether or not we programmed it correctly into the GPS and we're, we're beginning to wonder if the GPS is working correctly or what's wrong with this darn thing? How come it's not bugging me to death? In other words, all these extra worries come on because we kind of override or oversteer, overmanage our horse. So we just have to realize that if we're going to go to the left of the tree, set him up to go to the left of the tree because that's what we want. And we get even more specific. I want to go to the left of the tree at a walk. I want to go left of the tree at a trot. In other words, as specific as we want. I want him to go to the left of the tree and I want him to go 10 feet away from the tree. I don't want to bump my knee on the tree. So I want to make sure I've got plenty of room. So as long as the horse is making those steps toward the right direction that you want, simply just let the GPS do its job. In other words, just let the horse go and give him that opportunity to make the right decisions. However, on the other end of the scale, if he starts drifting to the other side and going to the wrong side of the tree, that's when our GPS wants to start squawking at him. We want to correct him and we want to put him back on path. Just like I was saying a little while ago, pulling into the restaurant. It may not necessarily be the wrong thing to do for the horse to go to the other side of the tree. It's just not what we're directing him to do. Therefore, we need to raise awareness to it. Now, of course, with our horses, there's another element that comes into play, whereas our GPS doesn't really come into play. The GPS is only doing exactly what we programmed it to do, and it's telling us and reminding us, hey, you've, you're going the wrong direction. You're not going the path that you told me to go. There's no personal conflict going on. There's no contest of leadership going on. With our horses, there's that potentiality that as their leader – we do have to give them a task to do, hopefully an achievable task, and hopefully a task that they can do fairly good and fairly easily. But once we give them that task and we determine that it's within their capabilities and we, ter- we determine that we've communicated it to them clearly, then we owe it to them and we also owe it to ourselves to stay on that path. Because if we don't, we're demeaning that leadership role that we owe to the horse. We have to be its leader. Sometimes even if the horse doesn't understand that we're to be its leader. We have to really prove ourselves as its leader. And how we do that is by following through with the things that we give it to do. Well, and that sort of ties back to something you've said in some past episodes about, you know, the one I'm trying to 
paraphrase, but basically the one who gives up first is the one who's being taught. And you don't say it that way, but if if you've set your horse up to do a certain thing and they are doing something else and you just go, oh, what the heck, all right, we'll do that instead, right. then they're the leader. Yeah, and you know, it's the, I think the quote you're trying to remember that I that I say a lot is that he who waits the longest is the trainer. Yeah, yeah. And and you're right though, because so many times that happens is that and you know, and this happened just the other day at the ranch, for example. My assistant, very good hand, but we were working with some younger horses and we we're exercising, doing different things. And as we were doing going through these exercises, we just paused for a moment to have a bit of a discussion. And whenever I pause with my horses, I literally drop the reins and just let the horses have the opportunity to stand there and do a whole bunch of nothing. The best deal I can possibly offer them. And my assistant, Mark, had done the same thing. He kind of relaxed a little bit and his horse kept wanting to move and he kept trying to correct it. Well, after a while, we were kind of ending our conversation. We're getting ready to move off. And I went ahead and moved my horse. But before Mark gave the cue and the command for him to move his horse... His horse began to move already. And in other words, it anticipated, right? And you've heard that quote before, too. Every good horse anticipates, but every great horse waits. Well, Mark's horse began to move before Mark gave the command for it to move. And he was just going to let it keep going. And I stopped him and said, hey, hey, don't let the horse do that. Well, why not? We were going we to move off anyway. I know, but it wasn't your idea. Because, see, even though it was a good idea for the horse to move off, it wasn't necessarily a bad idea but it wasn't the leader's idea. And too many times the horse says, hey, I made a decision a little while ago. Maybe I can make another decision. And before you know it, the horse is pretty darn good about making decisions. But the reality is the horse is incapable of making the decisions that we in our little horse human world want it to make. Because, again, if you looked at it from the horse's perspective, would he choose to walk through a river when he could walk across the bridge or vice versa? I mean, in other words... Oftentimes we ask horses to do things that they don't necessarily want to do, but yet if we let them make all the decisions all the time, before you know it, we're setting ourselves up for argument. So even sometimes it's a good decision, we really have to make sure that it's our decision because there's that leadership role that we don't necessarily have with our GPS. Well, and that makes total sense to get to the point where you're not having a contest of wills every time you work with your horse. And so I I get that. That makes sense. I want to go back to something you said earlier, kind of my ears perked up a little bit because a couple different times you used, made reference to overriding your horse. And my question for you is, how does that play into the overall theme of this show to ride every stride? How do you, where's the balance between riding every stride and overriding? How do you distinguish there? Laura, the first thing I think of when people ask that, and it's and first of all, that's a phenomenal question because I do, I refer that to a lot. You're overriding your horse. You're overriding your horse. Let your horse go. You're overriding your horse. And I think you even said to me many years ago, Van Hargis, what does that mean? <laughs> and what it means, though, is that if, and, and I'm going to kind of throw back another car analogy. Have you ever been riding, say, like in the backseat of a car and the driver is oversteering and overworking the brake and overworking the gas pedal. And before you know it, you're just getting that little queasy feeling of car sickness and motion sickness. And the reason that is, is because we don't know how he's moving the steering wheel and how he's moving the gas pedal. On a subconscious level, the driver knows every time he's going to move the steering wheel just ever so slightly. Therefore, his mind and his body and his brain kind of connect and they make those little physical adjustments. Those of us who don't, 
we have a tendency to get a little bit carsick and queasy because our body's not adjusting and preparing before. Well, you never get carsick with a guy that's driving steadily, with a guy that's very quiet with the steering wheel, with a guy that keeps the gas pedal, let's say, on 55 miles an hour. He doesn't speed up and slow down, master brake and speed up, slow down, master brake. He doesn't go from one lane to the next, and he doesn't go from one side of one lane to the other side of the same lane. He just, In other words, he just drives nice and steady. So whenever I think of somebody overriding their horse, I'm kind of thinking the same thing, that with every stride the horse takes, it's almost as if they're trying to dictate where that next footfall is going to go, and they push with their hands, or they push with their legs, and they pull back on the bit, and they kick them in the rib cage. And after a while, the horse, I'm sure, just says, man, what the heck do you want? And they either get even crazier sporadic or they get very, very dull. Mm. And I think that happens so many times with our horses is that we, we don't realize that if we override them, you're either training them to ignore you or you're training them to get hypersensitive. And either way, we don't really want that. We want a horse to keep a very even keel in his attitude because his attitude and his mental state controls his footfall and what his body does. So oftentimes, being very clear and concise as to what we want and then putting that into motion and then just giving that horse an opportunity to do that task oftentimes leads to the horse just having a much more willing and quiet, relaxed attitude. And isn't that what we really all want? I mean, I look at it from an employee standpoint. I remember when I used to work for bosses. I used to love it when my bosses would give me a job to do, and they were very clear and concise in their instruction. And they showed great faith in me and great trust in me when they just left and let me do my job. And then when they came back, I either got a pat on the back or I got corrected. And I, I try to think that all of my better bosses, all of my better teachers throughout my life taught and bossed me, I guess you could say, employed me very much the way that I want to be the leader for my horses. I want to give very clear, very concise instruction. And I want to put them on the path that, that we want them to be on. And I want to get the heck out of their way and give them an opportunity to do that job and not nagging them and not overriding them and not trying to over control them. But at the same time, I've got to be there too for that feedback to let them know that they did the right job. And in our horse's case, how do we reward them for doing the right job? You reward them by, absolutely. We reward them by leaving them alone, letting them rest, letting their mind rest, letting them letting their mind and their body kind of get in a quieter, more peaceful place. And so would it be fair to say that riding every stride doesn't mean doing something every stride? It's just it would more mean being present and aware of every stride. You couldn't have said that any better, Laura. I was, as you were saying that, that's exactly what I was thinking. To me, ride every stride means being present and aware, being very much in the moment, what's going on right now. And, and, and you know, you've also heard me since we're, we keep using these vehicle analogies. You've heard me say in the past about, you know, we're driving our car down the road and we don't wait until we hit a power pole that's way off in the road ditch before we correct it. And I want the same thing to apply with our horses is that as the horse is showing signs of drifting toward the tree that we were talking about earlier, waiting instead of waiting until my knee bumps the tree, and getting upset with my horse, I might correct the horse before it ever starts getting to the tree. So in other words, if we know that we're off path, 
I've got to make that correction. And there's that fine line sometimes when people hear me say ride over stride. What does that mean? But at the same time, Van, you said, leave him alone. Oh, my God, what the heck do I do? (laughs) Well, you've got to be there in the moment. And if you realize that the horse is no longer on the right path, for example, he pulled into McDonald's when he's supposed to be on the interstate. Let that GPS go to squawking at him. Are you sure that's what you want to do? Are you sure you're supposed to be at McDonald's? Are you sure you're supposed to be off this path? I'm going to try to correct you and put you back on the right path. But at the same time, we've got to make that decision for ourselves too. Is it okay for this horse to take that step? If it is, let him go and let him take that step. If it's not, then don't wait until you run off and hit the light pole or don't wait until he runs off and hits your knee on the tree. You correct it. So in other words, be very keenly aware of what's going on so that you can be there to correct it before a major problem happens. So if I'm hearing all that you've said correctly, this is, you know, what we're talking about here is asking that first question about what you want. That's the first thing you have to know. It's often the hardest of your four questions, actually. And then planning accordingly, setting the GPS to use your analogy, and then letting the GPS do its job, letting, in this case, also letting the horse do its job as long as it's doing its job. Yes. And here's, I guess, the biggest difference, though, using the GPS analogy and and the the biggest conflict and the fact that, you know, we still have to be very active. The GPS doesn't drive the car for us, right? We, We program into the GPS and the GPS really doesn't correct us other than just that verbiage, but it doesn't drive the car. So what we have to realize is that we, once we kind of plug into the horse what we want it to do, then we have to be very active in that process. We have to be very active in the sense that we still need to be aware of its of its speed. We need to be aware of its direction. We need to be aware of what its other body language indicators are telling us, such as his ears. You know, is his ears perked up? Is he is he looking off to the side as if there's something over there that's bothering him? In other words, we have to be very keenly aware. And, you know, I give thanks to God every day that I think about our, the title of this podcast, Laura, because The Ride Ever Stride, I don't think we could have come up with a better title. I, I really appreciate the fact that you asked me that day, okay, good, man, we're going to do this podcast. What are you going to call it? And I didn't have a clue, you know, and, and then it just hit me like a ton of bricks, you know, it's Ride Ever Stride. And then as I began to think about it more, and that's that it is very much being an exercise in being in the now being very keenly aware of all of the things that could affect the now and not necessarily worrying about them, but just being aware of them, not ignoring them, but giving them the credit that credit's due and being aware of them. And I I couldn't think of a better thing when we're riding our horses to offer to ourselves or to our horses about being present, being in the now. And letting the horse do its job. You betcha. And setting it up to be successful and give it that opportunity to be successful. I mean, let's, I mean, I don't think I'm the weirdest kid in the world. You know, when I grew up, I don't think I was the weird kid. I think that was, we, we all had teachers and we all had our first employment experiences with different types of bosses and different types of teachers. And if we think really hard about the ones that were our best, oftentimes they did that for us, didn't they? I don't ever remember any of my teachers ever going home with me and doing my homework for me. I remember them telling me very clearly and very specifically and very concisely what it is at my homework, what it was meant to be, what my assignment was. And then I was, it was left up to me to do it. If I did a good job, I got a good grade. In other words, I got left alone. If I didn't do a good job, it got corrected. And that's the same thing we want to do with our horses is that we want to be very clear, very concise, be a good teacher. That's what being a good horseman's all about is being a good teacher. 
and giving it a really good assignment and then giving it an opportunity to do it without overriding it, without overcorrecting it, without doing too much. And then obviously learning to balance that. And that's what the journey's all about is learning how to be a better communicator and at the same time learning how to balance all the obstacles that may approach us as we're on that journey. And just trusting the system, trusting you what you're doing. And that's the key. That's what I want to, I, I guess if I could just leave that little thing in any, anybody's mind, and that's it. Once you're fairly confident that you've done your job and you've kind of given the horse the task that you want it to do, just have faith in in the horse. Have faith in your in your direction. Have faith in your ability to communicate to the horse what it is that you want. And then have faith in your horse to follow through and do the task that you've asked it to do. And once you kind of put that out there and you have that faith, that's when you just want to sit back and enjoy the ride. Even if you've got to correct it from from time to time, have faith and enjoy the ride. Yeah. Great advice, not just for horsemen. You know, we, we could probably talk another hour about how that whole concept applies to life, but this isn't an hour and a half long podcast. So, you know, I think this is really an interesting topic you chose here, Van, and have given us a lot of things to think about. And I want to invite listeners, if they have questions or uh, comments about this this episode or any other for that matter, I know you want to hear them. And so there are a lot of ways that you can offer feedback about the show and whether it's this episode or the others, share your ideas and your thoughts about what Van's talking about. You can leave comments on the show notes, which you'll find on the website at vanhargis.com. There's a Van Hargis Horsemanship Facebook page. And if you haven't already found that and liked it, uh, consider doing that right of way because that's a place where you can communicate with Van. He watches that and responds to comments. If you have questions or comments that you'd like to share, maybe not so publicly, you can email those to info at vanhargis.com and those will get to Van and he he looks at those and takes those very seriously and responds either, you know, depending on what the comment or suggestion is, maybe we'll respond in a future episode or respond to your email directly. A couple things, if you like this episode or you like the show in general, we'd love it if you would help us spread the word about it. And there are a couple of different ways you can do that. First of all, tell your, all your horsey friends about Ride Every Stride um, and so show them how to subscribe on their phone so they can become part of this conversation. And consider leaving a review in iTunes. That helps in a couple of ways. First of all, Van appreciates the feedback. If you can take just a moment to leave a few sentences about what you're liking about the show, what he's doing right, uh, that helps him as he plans future episodes to make it better. But also the more ratings and reviews that folks leave for the show in iTunes, the weird little algorithms that they have there at Apple helps other people, makes makes the show more visible so other people can find it as well. So consider doing that if you haven't already. A couple things, I guess, uh, besides that, Van, you've got some events coming up that uh, folks might like to hear about. Well, you you know, we mentioned earlier about the fall. Well, there's always a really cool thing that happens every fall. If you're in the rodeo world at all, the National Finals Rodeo is in Las Vegas. And I guess this will be the third year in a row now we've we've been asked to go to the NFR for various reasons. This year we're going as kind of a consultant for the cult challenge that's going on there. And I'm very, very proud to say that we're supporting a couple of the contestants there this year. Two out of the, out of the eight contestants that have made the finals 
are actually riding Van Hargis Horsemanship saddles, my cult starting saddle that I introduced, I guess it was back in 2006 when I was the second year at Road to the Horse. So um, I'm, I'm very proud that these guys that are specializing in cult starting are are using my saddle. So we're going to be in the, at the NFR to support them and uh, to promote some of our other products with some of our other sponsors. And then also later on, as we get further into the wintertime, we're going to be headed back to Denver, Colorado. Every year they have a big event there that we kind of call the Denver Market, which is everything that you can think of that's ever been sold or ever going to be sold in a Western wear store or anything that has to do with Western and English riding is going to be at the Denver market. And I'm very proud to say that we're going to be the the uh, keynote speaker there representing the horsemanship side of the business. Uh, we're doing the keynote speaking uh, there this year. And in fact, we're going to be talking a lot more about those four primary questions that I always that we always talk about. That's what our presentation is going to be over and utilizing those four primary questions to get people on their journey of success. And we're going to be talking to retailers as well as horse people about that. So we're really key, uh, are really excited about those two key things coming up in the very near future, Miss Laura. And so the NFR is in December 2016. So shortly after you'll have a ch- uh, folks are listening to this. And the the Denver market is in Denver, Colorado in January. And I think we'll be sure and put links into the show notes for this episode about both of those, the dates and those sorts of things. So people can go go to the website at vanhargis.com, find the uh, the page for this episode 32, and you'll find more information there. A lot of other f- cool things going on at Van Hargis Horsemanship. You've got your online store going crazy there. You've got all kinds of stuff on there. Anything you want to say about that? Well, the key thing that I want folks to realize is that we've activated the online store. And so many times, Laura, I get questions from people all over the United States, quite frankly, and even from abroad. You know, we've, we've gone to New Zealand a couple of times now to do uh, horsemanship clinics over there. We've got some dear friends in Australia as well. And I'm always amazed at how many people will call me and ask, hey, Van, is this bit any good? Or is, what do you think about these kind of reins? And I've been very fortunate over the years, Laura, to be able to work with some really, really good manufacturers. And quite frankly, we've kind of taken the guesswork out of a lot of the equipment. Everything you'll see on our website is either stuff that I use every day or that I use and endorse. And it's stuff that I have either designed or I use it every day at the ranch. And I'm hoping that that kind of gives everybody that peace of mind, knowing that if I'm using it, you can bet your bottom dollar it's been tried and true. It's It's been tested, it's been tried, and it's going to be of good value. I, I take a lot of pride in the fact that I still have bits and reins and head stalls that I've had for 15 and 20 years. And you can only get that kind of longevity by having good quality. And it's quality at a very good price. I'm very, very excited about our online store being able to bring that quality of product to, to folks. And I really do encourage them to go check those out because those are items that I've either designed personally or that we've endorsed. So there's a, you know, that's a great resource for folks as they're listening to this as this is being published. We're going into the holiday season. So maybe it's a good place to check out for Christmas gifts for your favorite horsey person or yourself for that matter. You bet. Uh, Yeah. And finally, I want to make sure we remind people about uh, kind of the newest initiative or one of the newest initiatives of Van Hargis Horsemanship, which is your Top Hand Club, the membership site that you have there with uh, resources available for members that they're not going to find anywhere else. What would you tell them about that? The Top Hand Club, I mean, I could go into great detail about it, but I really encourage people to go to the website and check it out. But 
Uh, in short, it really offers an opportunity for people to learn from me from a more of a visual standpoint. It's the, I guess the primary part of it has a, a library of short video clips and, and some other videos as well, but just every kind of thing you can imagine. We're adding to that almost on a daily basis. We're constantly videoing things at the ranch and then editing those and we're uploading those onto the website. So for a mere $4.95, you get what we call Van On Demand, which is just uh, a lot of video help, I guess you could say, over some of the things that we talk about. A lot of times we talk about them right here on the podcast, but we kind of give them a little visual look at, at those same types of things. And the reality, too, though, Laura, is that you, know, you were one of the ones that encouraged me a while back to do this and so many others over the years, and we're offering this Top Hand Club at an unbelievable rate. It's only $4.95 for the first 1,000 members. And I wanted to do 1,000 because there's been probably more than 1,000 people over the, over the course of the years that I've been doing these things uh, and doing the horsemanship thing that have helped me and encouraged me along the way. And we're offering that $4.95 to the first 1,000 members because we want those guys to be our charter members. And it's a way that I can kind of show my, my gratitude and appreciation to those folks that have really been encouraging and helpful along the way. So I just think it's a really bang up deal that we're offering, and our goal is to continue to add value to that. Another key thing about it, apart from just being able to have access to all the videos, is that they also get a discount on the items that we just talked about a little while ago. So just being a member alone, they can order all of my stuff on the website at a fairly significant discount. And for example, one of my bits, for example, costs $76, and you can buy that, that bit at at least a 10% discount which is $7 off. So you get two months free, basically, just from the course of, of the savings alone that you're going to save on on the bit. So we're, we're just trying to add value just to show appreciation to everybody for all the help and encouragement they've given me over the years. Yeah, so there you are. A, a great opportunity if you enjoy the podcast and wish you could uh, see Van demonstrate some of this stuff. I mean, obviously, Van would be happy to talk with you about coming to your town uh, to do a clinic or an event there. But if in the meantime, you want to be able to see him demonstrate some of the things we talk about on the show, because I, I mean, I love the podcast platform, but there are some things that it's just easier to see. If you were trying to explain how to tie a knot, for instance, that doesn't work. But this is an opportunity for listeners to actually see you in action in these little short video tutorials and learn more and more. And frankly, if you have questions or something you'd like for Van to demo in one of these little videos, shoot an email to info at vanhargis.com and say, hey, would you do a video tutorial about, you know, this thing? And he'll put that on the list but in the meantime, the value that you're going to get from joining this membership site for only $4.95 a month, you're not going to find this kind of information, I, I don't think, anywhere else. So I encourage people to check that out. Go to the website at vanhargis.com and look for the tab for the Top Hand Club and get in while it's the best bargain you're ever going to find. I think that's pretty much it. Van, any, anything you want to say before we wrap this up? Laura, I can't think of a thing. I just want to say again, a, a huge thank you to you. The, the, the podcast wouldn't be half as professional as it is without you, and I'm, I'm so grateful for you and your help. I also want to give a big shout out to John, the producer. He does such a phenomenal job to make us both sound really good, and we couldn't do it without him either. But we also couldn't do it, Laura, without the listeners, and quite frankly, it's those folks that are listening is exactly why I'm here. I, I love helping people. I love hearing back from people. So we do encourage them to get back with us. 
So until next time, remember, it's your ride, your trail, your journey. So ride every stride. Oh.